Blog Talk Radio. And now you're listening to the Green Zone on Blog Talk Radio. And here's your host, Julian Carter. Here we go. Welcome into the Green Zone. I'm your host, as always, Julian Carter. Well, one week away from real football, the preseason is over. I want to welcome my co-host in, Mr. Dennis Agapito. But before I do that, I just want to tell the listeners, we're trying out some new software. It's uh, We're coming into the 21st century, so if we sound a little weird and such like that, just bear with us until we can sort all the technical aspects. But I think it's it's good technology that seems to seems to be working and, and we can do good things with it. So Dennis, good afternoon or good morning to you across the ocean. How how are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing real well, Julian. Thanks for asking. It's a very exciting time right now with the real football finally around the corner. I mean, one week away. How exciting is that? Opening day. MetLife Stadium, the green and white on the field. No more preseason. No more doesn't mean anything or it does mean something. No more off-season analysis, trades, roster moves. I mean, there'll always be roster moves during the season. But kind of the 53 men uh, are set for now. The 46 will walk out there on Sunday, and it will, it will all be put on the line for real. Well, yeah, I mean, you look how long a, uh, a season takes to come around, and it just seems to take forever. You have that bitter taste of how the season ended last year, going 4-12, and 12, uh, a, a new uh, regime coming in, a new head coach, a new general manager, you know, with a draft. It just seemed to take such a long time, and, you know, like I said, with the preseason, you know, finally over, we get to see you know, players and such, and a little bit of, of what to expect. We did finish the preseason, of course. Dennis, we were 3-1, and one, the only team in the AFC East to go 3-1. and one. How excited are you going into this Cleveland game? Well, I'm not excited about being 3-1 and one in the preseason. I don't think anyone is. Well, why not? Uh, really. Why not? Well, because as we all know, that the um, – the games are don't the, the the games don't count, and a lot of the games are decided later by guys who are no longer with the team. So, I mean, as far as the record goes in the preseason, I remember the Jets going four and zero, and I think they had that one in fifteen season, if I remember correctly. So, I'm not excited about a three and one preseason, but I am excited to get some real action out there, the real teams with the starters, with the game planning, with all the uh, exotic looks that they'll give on offense and defense. So it will be exciting to see that. The, the last two games, I guess, the Giant game, you know, a lot of Jeff fans were very excited. Uh, they, and now look, the Giants were a little banged up, and I'm not trying to throw cold water on it. But here's kind of the recipe for the Jets to win, which is what happened in that Giant game was they broke out to a lead early. I don't believe they ever relinquished a lead. I think maybe got tied at one point or they got it right back. And um, you know, sort of held on to the lead. They had an interception by Cromartie return for a touchdown. Uh, it seemed like the Giants were kind of pressing a, a little bit. Yeah, Crow. It looked good. You know, it, Giants were pressing a little bit. They had been struggling in the preseason on offense. I think Eli Manning tried to force one in there. Cromartie made a nice play. So that's kind of the recipe that you want to see for, from the Jets. Again, we want to break out to a lead, and let's play with the lead a little bit because we didn't see that much 
last year, and uh, it was it was good to see that. Again, the Japan, the Giants were depleted, so let's take it with a grain of salt. And and you, but you know what? You don't want to take anything away from the Jets. You always want to kind of look at positives. So it was a positive in that game, and of course that Philadelphia game was just uh, to kind of tune up the final the bottom of the roster so you don't put much stock in that game but that kind of helped the coaches and the staff evaluate how they were going to move forward with their 53 yeah you're right in saying that I mean I I just briefly I didn't stay up and and watch the Philadelphia game because basically it's a it is a meaningless game I mean no none of the starters play it's just basically the bottom end of the roster you know playing for you know final places so it doesn't really mean you know too much in, in itself but Dennis, let's let's talk about the quarterback situation. What do you think you know, going in? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick leading us all the way to the playoffs. Can you see it? I mean, is is he the guy going forward, or is when Geno gets a little bit healthier, is he coming straight in? Well, I guess it depends upon when Geno comes back and how Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing. I mean, I I, I am concerned, and again, some people want Ryan Fitzpatrick to start first and over Geno and. And he say he has more experience, which he does. Maybe Geno's got the athleticism, so he can make some throws and some plays that Fitzpatrick can't make, while Geno will make some mistakes that maybe Fitzpatrick won't make. But he, here's something to just consider. Uh, the Houston Texans, who is their starting quarterback right now? Do you know? For the Houston. Yeah, it's, the, um, it's Ryan Mallett, isn't it? No, Brian Hoyer. Brian Mallett Brian Hoyer. lost. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, Brian Hoyer. He, he was he was with the Cleveland Browns last year, right? Yeah, and, and I guess my point is this: is that they had to, to begin the, the off season. They had the three quarterbacks on the roster, actually four: Tom Savage, who was drafted last year, who's now on IR. But anyway, actually got hurt. <laughs> he got hurt in his only appearance last year. He got hurt again this year. Um, but Bill O'Brien, who is the coach of the Houston Texans, who is an offensive guy. Uh, known to be a quarterback kind of guru, he decided that instead of keeping Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I hear this about him, he's very smart. I'm not saying he's dumb, but Bill Gates is a smart guy. I don't want him necessarily quarterbacking my team. So I know (laughs) Ryan Fitzpatrick has his limitations as far as his arm strength goes, but Bill O'Brien decided that it would be smart to trade away this smart veteran you know, game man, whatever you want to call him, all the kind of accolades that I'm hearing about him to the Jets for a seventh-round pick and have a quarterback competition between Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett instead of keeping Fitzpatrick, the veteran, on the team. And so I guess in his mind, he felt that that competition would ultimately bring out a winner that would be better for the team than keeping Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you got to kind of take a a strong look at that and say, where is this guy at in his career? And um, another quick thing is just that, you know, people look at his numbers from last year and say, oh, well, you know, he was – he was actually technically 6-6 six and six as a starter. But the last game, I wouldn't count. They lost it. So we'll take that one out because he only threw six passes. So he started 11 games and really finished 11 games. And, and he was 6-5 and five as a starter. The, the pro- problem I kind of see with that is a little misleading because three of his wins were over – two were over Tennessee and Jacksonville. One was over Jacksonville. The kind of the dregs of the NFL – in fact, the one game against Tennessee through six touchdowns and for 300 yards, he kind of blew up. And I, I wonder if that's a fool's gold game. If you take that game out, he had 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and you know, just kind of mediocre numbers if you look at them. And I wonder if that's really more indicative of what he is. Besides, I don't see Tennessee and Jacksonville in our division 
And I just think it's a much tougher road that he's got to hoe as far as our division right now. And maybe after we finish up this conversation on Ryan Fitzpatrick, Julian, we can get into what happened in court this week because I got a lot to say about that. Well, yeah, I have as well. But before we go into that, I just want to uh, give a, a couple of updates and such like that. The the show is is also on iTunes. You can search for the show if you uh, have uh, you know devices. But someone got in touch with us and said that they wanted the show on Stitcher because they've got Android devices. Thanks to Dennis and his technical, he's a technical whiz kid, unlike me, who's still stuck in the dinosaur ages. He was able to put the show on Stitcher. So if you go on to Stitcher or download it on your Android device, just search um, the the Green Zone or Green Zone Radio, and you'll be able to listen to that. We're going to be doing the shows on recording the shows on a Monday, straight after um, the game to give our you know uh, analysis and such. But we've got some uh, good stuff coming up. And we'll have some exclusive interviews that you will not be able to find anywhere else um, this time uh, next week or, or on the Monday after the, the first game. And later on in the show, we're going to be doing our season um, um, predictions, uh, mine uh, and also Dennis's. But let's jump right into it. Um, of course, me and Dennis uh, weren't in court this week, and uh, certain Mr. Brady, and we had the outcome. We're certainly outcome because we're, uh, we're we're the good guys. We, we're never in court, but yeah, no, a certain Mr. Brady. This is this is dragged down with the old deflate gate kind of stuff, and we have an outcome. You know, it was um, you know Roger Goodell and all this stuff in court, and there was a four-game suspension uh, mentioned. And how many games uh, will Tom Brady be out for, Dennis? Well, as of right now, it will be zero. Um, the, the NFL is appealing it. I guess some of the owners didn't want them to appeal. I, I personally think the appeals process, first of all, will take a long time. I don't even know if they're going to hear the appeal. So let's let's not even get into that. I, I think the thing that, first of all, Julian, I want to say this. You know, we have to talk about the Patriots, unfortunately, because they're in our division. And you know, sometimes we've got, we got to try to be objective and say, look, they won the Super Bowl last year, whether they cheated, whatever. I, I, we all believe that Tom Brady knew what was going on. I mean, we saw signs vindicated, all this stuff. I mean, I, it, it makes me sick to my stomach to think that, first of all, poetic justice would have been for them to lose that Super Bowl. And how they won it, again, why they didn't hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, who knows whether they would have gone down and tied the game. We have no idea. But just the sheer fact that they decided to throw the ball over the middle. I mean, I shut the TV off after. First, I rubbed my eyes like I thought I was having a nightmare. And then I shut the TV off. And I'm just – I'm sick. I'm tired. I'm sick of the Patriots. I'm sick of Bill Belichick. I'm sick of Tom Brady. And I'm sick of – when I mention them, but they're in our division. They've won it how many years in a row? I made the playoffs how many years in a row? So I can't just discount them and say that they're – oh, they're terrible. They're going to be a nine-win team. I can't do that. But it makes me sick. Like To talk about the Green Bay Packers doesn't bother me. I say, yeah, they're an elite team even though they lost Jordy Nelson. They have an elite quarterback. They almost made the Super Bowl last year. They got to be considered contenders for the Super Bowl. That doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all because they're they're not in my division. But if I got to talk about the Patriots and say, you know what? Look, I there's a real good chance that they could end up winning the AFC again. I mean, it makes me want to vomit literally. And not only do they win on the field, even whether you want to call them cheaters, fly planes, do whatever, they win off the field too. And and there's a large segment of the population who are now looking at this and saying, well, maybe this guy didn't know, or maybe they really are vindicated, or maybe it was a well, witch hunt, and it just makes me sick. Well, I think if, if anybody has got anything, I mean, come on. I mean, 
you've got to see. You've got to see. I mean, you, you watch the interview. I mean, they, they, they destroyed the form. They, I, I go back and we can talk and talk until we're blue in the face. But it would have just been a lot easier if they just handed the mobile phone over, the cell phone over, so they can do it. And a lot of if it was innocent, I just don't understand why. I understand privacy and is an airless superstar with probably text messages from all these, you know, from all like Dennis's friends because Dennis rolls with all the airless <laughs> celebs in in, yeah, the, in New York, but. <laughs> but I'm just so trying to say on we, speed dial. Yeah, yeah, of course, and, and Rock Nation and Jay Z. This is where Dennis hangs out all the time in the court <laughs> with all the big, big supers. To believe me, he does. But the, I just don't understand. It would have been far easier if he'd nothing to hide. I understand if he'd just give the cell phone over and said, "Look, here, have it." It just it, to me, it just the way he was, his body language, the the way that he he came out. I mean, I just don't believe him. I hate the Patriots. I'm on record as saying that. I can't stand them. You know, it, I just it made me cringe. The, the, you know, the one team in the division. A lot of people talk about the Dolphins and the Bills. I couldn't really care less about them. You know, but it's the Patriots. I'm sick of seeing them win. Every year they they, they seem to win. And I was having a conversation off the phone with Dennis the other day, and it just seems like there's a curse with the Jets, and uh, there's like a, a, a halo around whatever the Patriots do. I was saying to him, whenever the, with, with, with the record, with, with teams that they play, whenever the Jets play them, they're always full strength. They always get everything on, on uh, against them. But whenever the Patriots play the same team, there's major injuries they don't have to contend with and they get everything in their favour. It's the way I see it. A lot of people say I'm biased. I hold my hands up. I am. But I'm just sick of seeing it. And, I, and are we going to see Groundhog Day? You know, should we just hand the crown over to the Patriots for the for the division already, Dennis? I mean, you look at the four games they was meant to be out for. A lot of people said he might get two games, and a lot of people were saying, well, maybe they might go one and one, or if they got four games, maybe go two and two at best. You know, but it's just got a lot harder. You know, and and Bill Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are just laughing all the way, as oh, well as uh, Robert Kraft as well. Robert Kraft yeah. just like, and everyone else is just, and it's just, you know, you can look in the things, and I know the Jets have the media problems, and, and they, look, the Jets aren't good guys, they've had their mistakes, but, I mean, Spygate, the whole cheating, the Aaron Hernandez murder, I mean, they still, you know, looked, and this is what takes me to the thing, no matter, you know, how the Patriots fans they're and all this they made a Teflon, Julian. Yeah, yeah the, the, these are the, the, the you know, the uh, the Patriots are the A-list celebs, and of course, you know, the Jets are, are, are the scum of the earth, and I just, and it just, it just grips me. Everything is always hushed under the carpet, okay? We know that we, all this news has been out all over the place, and it's been a major talking point. But I'll say this, and I, I really do believe this, and I bet you believe this as well. Let's roll reverse this. If the Jets had been seen to be letting down the air pressure and all that kind of stuff, this would have been to 20 million times worse. I don't care what anybody says. That's what I believe. If this were the thing, you'd have never heard the last of it. And you look, you, we can call them cheaters. I, that's what I do call them. I call them a lot worse, but this is a family show. I, I despise <laughs> them. But i tell you something. They've still got that Super Bowl crown, and, that, and they've still got that Lombardi trophy, and that's what bothers me the most. You know, I, I can't understand... And um, everybody can't understand that. I was rubbing my eyes. I thought, I'm still having a nightmare. Why did you just didn't run the ball? He averages three yards. I have no idea. Look, they could have tied it up. You're right. But at the end of the day, you know, again, it makes me sick. And, again, this is what you, the Jets will have to face. Tom Brady as well, and as other teams will. It wasn't on that thing. But me personally, I think he should have been banned 
for the whole season as well as Bill Belichick as well. Because we know that the facts are there. It's just that the NFLPA uh, always seems to win. They always get it overturned. And as well, I just want to mention this, but, and I'll let Dennis chime in as well. You look at of what Tom Brady has supposedly have done, and you make your own mind up whether there. You look at the, you know, the 500 million dossier that came out, page dossier, and he, he he's walking away from this with no games. You look at what Sheldon Richardson does, and I'm not saying I'm not condoning it or saying that smoking drugs is, you know, whatever or anything like that. You can look at other, you know, people and they get game suspensions. I don't think that's right. Now I'm saying everyone makes mistakes. I hold my hands up and say that, and I don't condone, you know, um, drugs or or anything like that. But I mean, I just don't see the, the it being a justice system um, that's that's fair, in my opinion. What's your opinion? Well, I mean, look, uh, here's here's the biggest problem with this is that they went to court and the NFL lost. I mean, so it's 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 an objective party. The judge is an objective party. He doesn't. I mean, again, he could be a Patriots fan for all we know, but an objective party took a look at this and you know Roger Goodell the judge jury and executioner who decided that he was going to hand down the discipline he was going to be the arbitrator he was going to be everything and then he runs into court in front of a non-biased party and loses i mean again it makes the NFL look like they were wrong and it makes Tom Tom Brady can now wash his hands and walk away and say go into the hall of fame and there'll always be these questions uh, about you know, with the spy game, when Bill Belichick goes in the Hall of Fame, there'll always be these questions. And my point is this: Would you rather lose with dignity than win with disgrace? And I know the Patriot fans are going to scream, "You're biased." We we want the all look at people that take PEDs, and you and you guys, you tampered with Darrell Revis when Woody Johnson said he'd love to have Darrell. And it's all these oh, give me different a break. Things. That, that's different. Uh, I mean, come on, there's difference in well, Julian. In, in this is what this is. This is the argument you hear. Look, this is this is drawn down party lines. Let's face it. If if this was happening to the Jets, I would be defending the Jets. So I don't blame them for defending their team. But you know, the the point is this: is that I'm just sick. I'm, the Patriots seem to win everywhere, no matter what it is, on the field, off the field. They win again. I wouldn't be surprised that Robert Kraft said he's not doing this, but I wouldn't be so shocked if they changed their mind and they decided to go to court to try to get their picks back, to try to get their money back. I wouldn't be shocked. Now, maybe they won't. Maybe they don't want to expose themselves or these, these equipment managers who are, are the fall guys, but I just I think the point is that if they had lost that Super Bowl, I think I could have lived with this more because it would have been 10 years and three Super Bowl appearances that they didn't win. So it would have been like, hey, even for all your success, you went undefeated one year, you lost, you went back and you lost to the Giants twice, and then you went again and you still lost. So now I got to see that Malcolm Butler play for the rest of my life. I got to see Tom Brady smiling. I got to see the signs. It's going to be a highlight reel. Forever, he's going to be yeah, one forever. of the greatest players in Super Bowl history. I know. Yeah. It, it, it's just, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Dennis. And I, this show isn't Patriots today, but again, it's another one that just you can't believe it. Not long ago, Dennis, I, I can't remember the the they played the Ravens in uh, Foxborough, and you remember that play? The, what's the cornerback called who snatched it out of the the um, the uh, receiver's hands right at the end of the game, and they ended up winning. And these things only happen to the Patriots. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, Lee, the Evans, the Lee Evans got it snatched yeah. away. I, oh, I want to say it was Kyle it. Arrington, but I don't remember the. Yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure. I nearly, the I nearly smashed, honestly, I nearly threw the, the, my, my my coffee table through the TV. Like these things only happen to the Patriots. I mean, you just you, honestly, it's like beggar's belief. 
But right, let, let's let's move on because, like I say, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I want to throw up in my mouth. Let, let's talk, let's talk about positive. Let, let's talk about the 53. Dennis, is there any names on there that you were surprised, or any names that you were shocked that were caught that that made the Jets 53? Uh, you know, not really. I, I, people are saying that they're the Jets are taking a little bit of a chance, which they are, uh, with having Bryce Petty as the backup and getting rid of Josh Johnson and Matt Flynn. Um, I can kind of understand it for this reason: to carry four quarterbacks on your active roster that takes away one space on your, and that's a big deal. I mean, you only have 53, so uh, I thought maybe Jason Babin was a little bit of a surprise. But again, it's maybe looking to get a little little younger. So um, not 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 too many. Um, there, you know. Here's the thing I do want to bring up about the cuts, though, because you know what I'm saying. Well, this guy's cut Walter Powell and Chris Owasu, and maybe I mentioned Owasu, and maybe they're concerned about his health in general. I know he's he came back and played, but maybe that's why they released him because they're worried that he might get injured, another head injury, and that he's just not durable enough, which which would be a concern. But a lot of these guys that have been released, I mean, today we're going to get the practice squad set up. Like a guy like uh, Quincy Inua, for example. I mean, last year right. he spent most of the year on, on the practice squad, got called up, played in one game last year. And now he's looking to be a, 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 part, a, a major part of the offense. So just because these guys are released doesn't necessarily mean that you'll never hear from them again. And injuries happen. We know it's a long season. We know that. There's constant roster movement. So we'll see who clears waivers. We'll see who the Jets put on their practice squad. I know practice squad players are still not protected. Other teams can grab them if they really want to. But, I mean, the fact is that um, the, the, some of these names that you see that are gone are not necessarily gone forever. We'll see if someone gets snatched up on waivers or if Babin gets signed by another team. So, you know, they might be gone if they get picked up by another team. But you could see some of these guys definitely coming back to the team uh, whether on the practice squad or the active roster or both in some fashion. Well, I, I want to I ask you a question because I know that you're, um, you know, you're an active NFL fan as well, as well as a, a diehard uh, Jet season ticket holder, and you have been for um, you know, years and years. But I, I want, you know, do you look around, uh, how do, what about other rosters around? Like, let's look at the AFC East okay. uh, before, we look at, before we go into the Cleveland preview. Okay. Um, you know, what, what, what do you think about what you know what other teams uh, have done, and how do you compare, you know, our roster to other rosters within the uh, AFC East? Well, again, this is why I kind of brought up the Patriots and why it makes me sick to talk about them. But I got to take my green and white glasses off. Unfortunately, first of all, now Tom Brady is going to be there for the whole season. I, I had a friend of mine tell me because I said, "Look, the Patriots are the Patriots." Much I hate to say it, and they're like, "Well, well Tom Brady is suspended. Then when he comes back, he's going to get hurt." I'm like. Come on, guys. Let's 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 live in reality here. You don't know if he's going to get hurt or not. What if what if I say Darrell Revis is going to get hurt? I mean, let's not let's not be silly, okay? So when I talk <laughs> I about know the exactly Patriots, who you're talking about as well, but we won't yeah. follow in there. Yeah. So when 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 we talk about the Patriots, unfortunately, I'm looking at them, and people say, well, you know, their defense isn't what it was last year because they don't have Revis, they don't have Brandon Brown, or they lost Vince Wolfork, which is true. I mean, Vince Wolfork was there for a long time, but. You know, Terrell Brown is a veteran guy. Malcolm Butler, I mean, he was the guy we're going to be talking about forever. Um, they have this Dominic Easley, who it was the first-round pick last year, kind of banged up coming in. They knew he was doing a nice Malcolm Brown. They, so their defense is, is, is pretty good when you look at it. Their linebackers, Jabal Sheard and 
Gerard Mayo and and um, Chandler Jones. I mean, I, I was lo- watching their defense on the tele, and I'm like, you know, this is pretty good. It's run by Bill Belichick. I, I can't say that their defense stinks because they lost these players. And uh, on offense, I mean, if, if their defense maybe took a hair ba- a step back, their offense is still a 30-point-a-game a a offense, aren't they? So, you know, in that respect, I have to look at the Patriots roster and say, there's th- – why can't they win double-digit games again, again this year right now? As far as Miami and Buffalo go, look, they were both 9-7, uh, 8-8 eight eight last year. Miami got the big off-season acquisition in Dominic and Sue. They had issues with their running game. Their second-round pick, Jordan Phillips, is a guy that they, they like. Um, you know, they're, they're, Tannehill had a decent year last year. I know people say they have problems on their offensive line, and I think they do, but they had problems last year on their offensive line, and Tannehill still had a pretty decent season Mike Wallace is out of there who he never really had a connection with. So I think the Dolphins, I mean, Tannehill is probably the second best quarterback in the division. So I think the Dolphins have a pretty good balance there, both offense and defense. They're a tough out. And Buffalo has that killer defense. I mean, their defense is stacked. Rex Ryan is running it. I don't know if you're a fan of people who are not fans of Rex Ryan. I think most would say that he can run a defense. And I worry about this Tyrod Taylor because he's kind of Colin Kaepernick light. And Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator there, I mean, he's, he's a seasoned guy. And you know what? It's going to be simple. Put up 20 points and let my defense hold them under 20 points. That's the philosophy that Rex brings, and I think that's what they need to work. So the division is very tough. There's the potential for two teams to come out of this division and make the playoffs. Yeah, well, um, let's, let's, let's move into the Cleveland preview now, Dennis. And obviously this time – um, next week, a week from today, um, I'll be, um, you know, and you will be as well, eagerly anticipating, you know, kickoff. MetLife will be rocking, all the tailgating, friends of ours, you know, will be at the game. Everyone will be pumped, all, all the fans of the show will be watching, whether that's on Game Pass or listening on the radio. And, you know, I can't, I can't wait. It's been such a long time, I know I said it, but we can't wait for real Jets football, you know, where stuff counts. And, you know, what are you... Where do you want to start? I mean, let's look at the uh, let's look at um, you know Todd Bowles and what he's going to bring. How it's going to be different to to Rex Ryan. And where do you see this game being uh, won and lost? And and I want your prediction as well for uh, for for the game. Well, I think I think it's kind of interesting that this game is going the on the defensive side is probably going to mirror each other, which is the defenses are going to want to stop the running game and try to have their offenses on both sides, beat them through the air. I, I mentioned this in the past that Cleveland led the AFC interceptions last year. They have a pretty nice secondary, but they were the worst team against the rush. So I think the jets have a little bit of an advantage to, to, to running the ball. Even if Cleveland tries to stack the box and stop the run, I still think the jets might have more success at running the ball than Cleveland, but Cleveland does have a very good offensive line. Their offensive line is very solid. They have some decent running backs. Uh, we'll see if um, you know Duke Johnson, who's their third-round pick, uh, the running back out of Miami, he's a little banged up. We'll see if he can play. He's a little bit of a dual threat. But uh, they do have a good offensive line. They do have some decent running backs. But I think the Jets get the advantage in stopping the run on defense. I think Todd Bowles, he likes to use a mixture of guys, uh, safeties, bring safeties down. Hopefully Calvin Pryor can help with the stop in the run. And then make them one-dimensional because they don't have a lot of weapons. Um, Dwayne Bowe, I mean, are you afraid of Dwayne Bowe or Brian Hartline or Robert Hausler? I mean, are you afraid of Josh McCown beating you? So 
you want to make Josh McCown beat you. So that's what I see as far as happening in the game, as far as game planning. And, um, you know, the Jets running the ball, a little play action passing could open things up, maybe keep those safeties, uh, you creep them up, creep up the linebackers, open up some space for Fitzpatrick to throw the ball. So that would be key for the Jets to win this game is to control the line of scrimmage on, on both sides of the ball. What do you think? Well, yeah, I, I I do honestly think that it's going to be one of them games where if you add anything in else, by the end of it, you won't. It just it seems to be how, you know, these games go. But, you know, opening game at life, you should be rocking. Everyone's anticipating. I do see Chris Ivory, um, you know, being a key factor in, in this game and, and the play-action pass. Dennis, is there anyone on uh, – I want, I want you to single out one 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 player for each team. To, to be, you know, your standout person. We, we should be watching, you know, the most dangerous person maybe on the Cleveland Browns. To anyone that's not familiar, um, defense that, we, you know, we should be we kind of uh, watching and, and also the, the offense. And then we'll give our game predictions. Uh, well, obviously also one thing that I want to mention is turnovers. Again, will play a big part in this game because – you always want to win the turnover battle, and 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 uh, both teams will be looking to capitalize on any mistakes. Um, on the defense, I guess I'll pick two for Cleveland. One would be a Paul Kruger. He let he's an outside linebacker. He led them in sacks last year with 11. And the cornerback is Joe Hayden, who is you know he's he's up there. He, he's he's in Revis territory. Let's put it that way. You can at least put him in the conversation. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I I would kind of. Um, I would kind of look at Terrence West, the running back, uh, the second-year guy out of Townsend, or Isaiah Cromwell, another running back. Those two guys there, can they get the job done as far as, again, running the ball, being successful running the ball, and then using a little play-action pass. So on the offensive side, I'm going to look at the running backs for Cleveland and say that they're going to be the key for them being successful on offense. And Kruger – and uh, Hayden are two guys to really keep an eye out for uh, on the defensive side. All right, then. Um, and what about the Jets? I, I need uh, who's who's gonna who's gonna come up big in your eyes? If we're gonna win this game, who's got to be offense and defense? Who's got to be the guys that are, are the standouts for you for the for the Jets? Um. Yeah, on offense, I mean, I think it's pretty pretty obvious that Chris Ivory needs to be the workhorse here. Um, He's got yeah, and the thing is, this is Chris Ivory. He's saw in the preseason a little bit. And I, I was actually surprised. I looked this up. He had 18 receptions last year. Now Chris Ivory, when he came to the Jets, he had only had six for his career, so he was never really considered a threat out of the backfield. Now I don't think he's going to set the world on fire out of the backfield, but he's a little bit more of a threat to catch catch a pass than he was. And I think that teams maybe kind of ignore that, which leaves him open a little bit more. They say, ah, this guy's never going to catch a ball. Uh, you know, don't don't even really game plan for him catching it. So. Chris Ivory will be, because if there's that little play-action pass and, and he's the safety valve, then he might be open a number of times, uh, especially when he's in there. They're going to think run on first down would be a good time to throw a little play-action pass to him. So I think on offense, it's definitely going to be Chris Ivory because he's going to open up everything. So he'll open up right. the passing game. And um, then on, on defense, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's going to be Leonard Williams, and, and here's why, because you, you know you – he he's an unknown still. Well, I mean, let's face it, he's, he's got the little he's banged up with the knee a little bit. He's supposed to start, but those front three guys, I mean, the Jets have been good against the run um 
before. I think they were fifth last year against the run. So they got to be good against the run. And you got Wilkerson, you got Damon Harrison. You know what you got there. You kind of know what you got. Uh, Leonard Williams might be a guy they try to exploit a little bit and and, and get um, you know maybe run his way because he's he's a, he's a rookie and you'll see if he maintains his integrity and his assignments and those kind of things. I guess one other person on defense I might look at is Demario Davis. I kind of didn't have the greatest preseason in the world. And, um, you know, with those two inside backers, if he's going to be the guy who fills the hole and opens things up for David Harris to make plays, or he's going to make plays himself, I, I think he's got, he's got to be a little bit quicker, a little sharper, and also do a little bit better in pass protection. So that's what I would look for on the defensive side. Leonard Williams, because he's filling in for Sheldon Richardson. And obviously, right now, he's not the player that Sheldon Richardson is at this current point in time. Uh, so they might try to exploit him, and I want to see Demario Davis kind of step up, play a little bit better than he played in the preseason. What about you? I'd, I'd say I want to see what Brandon Marshall's got. There's been a lot of talk okay. about Brandon Marshall, but being this great, you know, receiver and such. I want to see it. I want to see this, you know, this guy being, you know, what he's been brought into the Jets uh, supposedly to be. You know, I also want to see on defense, I want to see the return of, of Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie. I want to see them do what they, you know, but people talk, Batman and Robin, you know, no fly zone. I want to see I want to see that. I want to see interceptions that we really saw last year. We didn't really see many interceptions, so I want to see the, the defense creating turnovers. So I'm going to ask for your prediction. I'm going to go, you go first and, and then me. I want your prediction this time. Oh, no, so just do, do me a favor as well. What's the line? Do you know what the line is right now? For for Vegas for the, for the game, is it still three? Uh, it's it's the Jets are favored by three. The Jets are minus three. So, um, if it was on, and usually most people know this who who look at lines. Uh, usually the home team gets three points just for being at home. So if it was on a neutral field, it would kind of be a pick 'em game. So the Jets right. are favored by th- the Jets are favored. So again, that's how Vegas is kind of looking at it, and I look at it too. As far as all right, I mean, look, I'm sorry to say this: the Jets are not they are they're, they're not an elite team. Let's I, I think everybody would they're not Green Bay or Seattle. <laughs> Do I have to mention that? I won't mention their names. They're they're not in that kind of three or four echelon of elite team that you look at and you say, wow, this these teams are really coming in. They they they've got to be the favorites to win their division or win even win their conference. But so, so no matter who they play, they're always going to kind of be within that, you know, maybe three, four point margin uh, as far as the point spread goes either way. But um, I'm going to predict that the Jets are going to are going to win this game. First of all, this is a game that the Cleveland might be the worst team in the league. They might end up with the worst record looking at their roster top to bottom. They're playing them at home. It's a home opener. They had to go on the road. In, I know you don't want to look too far ahead, but you got to go on the road to Indianapolis next week, Philadelphia, then go to London. So you got three games in front of you that are, are, are difficult. This will be one we'll put in the quote-unquote easier category, not that there's any easy games in the NFL. So home opener, all, all the things that are riding on it, want to get off to a good start, new coaching staff, new system, all, all the players that they brought in. So I'm going to predict that the Jets are going to win this game. I think it's going to be low scoring, a defensive struggle. Again, turnovers will play a big part, but I'm going to go 17 to 10. The Jets win. Um, I just think that Cleveland just doesn't have enough firepower on offense. They may move the ball between the 20s, but um, I just I just don't see it. I just don't see them having enough firepower against our defense to put up enough points. And I, I do see our offense being able to at least 
matriculate the ball down the field enough and put up enough points for our defense to stiffen and hold them to 10. So I'll, I'll go with a 17-10 victory for the Jets in this game. But I do want to preface this by saying the Jets won their first game last year. So, um, you know, it's, it's well, one, one week at a time, but I, I will give right. them the win in this game. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to, go, I'm going to also go um, Jets win, and I see them winning 24-17. Now, again, I, I do see it being one of them games where if the Jets are going to win, they're going to win late on. And it, it, you know, but it's always going to be a fingernail bite. There's, they're still going to be in it. And I do see, I, you know, I look and I, and I see, you know, a defense. It, there's going to be turnovers in this game, hopefully. Um, you know, it's the Cleveland Brown offense that are, do, are turning the ball over a ton. And uh, they, that'll always help. But like I say, if we're going to win, you know, we have to win on three phases. I want to see special teams, you know, chip in as mm-hmm. well and do that. So I, I'm going to see that. But right now, Dennis, while we're on it and we're on, you know, the start of the season, it's now the time where, you know, we look into our crystal balls and we see the, how the how the Jets season ends up. And and I want to I wanna go first and say this because hopefully you have a different view to me. Now, a lot of people remember me me saying that the Jets will go 4-12 and, and they, they ended up doing... Um, last year, and I, I don't want to. I don't want the Jets to be four and twelve. I want them to be twelve and four. That's what I want them to be. But I, I kind of look at the build-up of what has been happening in the preseason and the draft and all this kind of stuff come up into mind. I look around over NFL rosters, over teams, and see what we're up against and what we're going. And it, I always, you know, come up and I want to be wrong. I, I, maybe I got a bit lucky with the record. Maybe they could have been five, five and eleven last year or whatever. But I, I do see a marginal improvement this year. I don't see them going to the playoffs. This might upset a lot of people. I know there's a lot of positive people, and the people don't like me being quote-unquote negative, but I can assure you, me being negative is not the reason why this team is going to lose. If it does lose, let's hope I'm wrong and you're all shoving it in my face and saying you were wrong, because I'll happily take it. I see the Jets finishing 5-11. and 11. That's, my, that's my thing now. Again, a lot of people shake their heads and hopefully Danny steps in now and, and says I'm crazy and comes <laughs> up with this. And everyone, you know, I'm the bad guy and, and Dennis is the good guy. That's my personal opinion. I hope I'm wrong. But I just look around and I see the, the biggest thing for me is, and it should be the biggest thing for you is, you look at the main player of the team, which is the quarterback. Forget Darrell Rivas. Forget Brandon Marshall. Forget, you know, Chris Ivory. The main player that's going to take this team forward, if he is, if Ryan fits magic, and believe you and me, he better pull some magic if we are going to go to the playoffs. But looking forward, ask yourself this one important question. Look around his career and what he's done in his numbers. Some people will throw stats out the window and, and such like that. I don't. I like to look at it. I know a lot of the experts look at stats and what they've previously done. He's done nothing in the past. And I just wonder why is you know Buffalo got rid of him and all this and all the Houston Texans and you know he's with, he's with the Jets now. Would he be starting if Geno Smith was fully healthy? I'm not sure he would. I think he still would have stuck with Geno. So you know, let's hope that he, he can take seize the opportunity, prove me wrong, and uh, and take us somewhere and show that he is that guy and he's got you know he can move this team in the direction that we should be going. And that's up and hopefully not down. Because at the end of the day, we don't want a season where it's an unknown. And what is an unknown season? If you're, you know, anything, the record of 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, you know, 8-8, eight and eight, you're just the unknown, you're middle of the road. You know, I think the, the most important thing for me is the quarterback situation. 
and I want I want to see it. I want to see I want, every week. I, all I want to do as a Jet fan is one go to the playoffs and see a home playoff game. But let's not look. You know, let's not have it all. You know, I'm not asking for miracles. I just want to watch <laughs> a game and say, hey, we've got a chance at this game. Yeah, we've got a chance to win. That's all I want. Yeah, I, I want to see the Jets in a competitive game. I want, that's what I want to see. What about you, Dennis? Oh, well, look, I mean, obviously we want to see. Here, here's what I want before I get into my prediction. I think I mentioned this on previous shows. Is at, I don't want to see a wasted year. And by a wasted year, what I mean is that, well, what are we looking at moving forward and saying, I mentioned Minnesota Vikings back a while ago about how they were 7-9. Now, 7-9 didn't put them in the playoffs, but the fans looked at their team and said, wow, we've got some really good young talent here. We have a young quarterback who's developing. The arrow up that you can look at. Even I'll, I'll take, for example, a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. And um, they've been set, they're 7-25 the last two years. Gus Bradley, the same coach, David Caldwell, the GM, who was – rumored to be the Jets GM and kind of turned down the Jets job to go to Jacksonville. But I'm looking at Jacksonville and I'm saying, you know what, Blake Bortles, they, the, the preseason, again, the offense looks better. They, they, they got a few guys banged up, Dante Fowler, a couple of the guys. So I'm just saying if they ended up say it's six and 10 or seven and nine, but they showed some improvement and, and the arrow was pointing up. Could you then say after that season, wow, we're moving in the right direction. Another off season, put some more pieces in place hopefully a little bit better luck. We can then be in the playoff hunt, maybe a 10-win team. That's, that's kind of what you're looking for. You, you could be like, the, again, the Cleveland Browns last year brought this up, 7-9, but what are they this year? They're, they're predicted to be one of the worst teams in the league, and, and it's kind of like their quarterback situation is iffy, and they have some talent on their roster. I just mentioned some of the players, and the Jets have some talent on their roster. But at the end of the year, no matter what the record is, I want to look at it and say, yeah, we're building towards something. And that's where we have kind of come in and said that some of the maneuvers that we look at and say, eh, were they just to sell tickets? That's all. Because you want to kind of build the team around the system, around the new coach, around the, the new coordinators, who, who fits, young guys who can maybe be here for a decent amount of time, not older players who maybe are towards the end of their shelf life that kind of thing. So that's what I'm looking for out of the season. Now I, I will give my prediction. And uh, unfortunately it's not much better than yours, but it is better. I'm going to go six and 10 uh, with the, with the jets for this year. And, and here's why I, I'm looking at, I mean, again, I'm looking at their roster and long-term things can change, but I, I just don't see more than um, them being better than two and six on the road. They have a, a pretty tough road schedule, even going out to Oakland on the first of November is a tough game considering they're coming off a road game at New England. Then they got to go out to Oakland. I mean, it's a lot different when Oakland comes here and the Jets have seen to have their way with it. I'm not saying the Jets can't win that game, but you can't just say, well, we're going to just show up and win. It's going to be a tough game. Oakland was actually three and five last year at home. The only three games they won were at home and they were pretty bad last year. So if they're a little bit better at home this year, they're five and three. Why can't one of, one of those five wins come against the Jets? I mean, at Houston is a tough game. Even playing the Giants, quote-unquote, at the Giants, tough game at Dallas, at Buffalo, uh, at Indianapolis. So I think their road schedule is uh, very, very difficult, more than their home schedule. So I'll give them four wins at home, a 500 record. And so I'm going to go with six and ten for the year. And, again, I guess my point is to finish up is that at the end of the year, I just wonder 
are we going to be in that limbo where we're like, well, okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't the answer. Uh, Geno Smith isn't the answer. What do we do in the draft? Can we get a top quarterback in the draft? Is Bryce Petty the future? I, I guess those things are going to linger after the season. Look, I hope I'm wrong. Like you said, I hope they, they go 10 and six or 11 and five and make the playoffs. I just try to look at it objectively, Julian, like I'm a Knicks fan. I would love to say the Knicks are going to the playoffs this year. I, Me too. I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. So I'm just trying to look at it objectively and say, are, are the jets good enough? Again, all teams in the NFL are talented. You know it comes down to small things sometimes, a penalty here, a turnover there, and I just think those couple of bounces go the wrong way in a 6-10 and 10 season. Well, like I say, it is no better than mine, but, you know, people that listen to this who are diehard, we're diehard Jet fans as well, you know. Like I said, Dennis, if anyone knows Dennis, Dennis is, you know, season ticket holder and he's been through the team. He's been through a lot more worse than me. He's went through that 1-15 and 15 season. So we're not here to be, you know, we're going to be here. We've got some fantastic things lined up for you. I mean, really, really, you won't find this anywhere else. Exclusive interviews, and I don't just mean, you know, bottom of the roster. I mean A-class um, players. Top, top, uh, top, top of the line that will be only here on the green zone. So let's hope that we're both wrong and we both have a great season. We will be here, and you can find us on iTunes as well as the Blog Talk Radio. Just search the green zone. Also, thanks to Dennis. We're like I said, we're on Stitcher now. So hopefully, if you've got an iPhone, you're an Android guy, we can be on. Um, we can be on. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, on Twitter as well at. Green Zone Radio. Make sure to give us a follow, give us a comment, give us a, a um, you know what you think of the show. If we're right or wrong, let's start the debate going. And you can also email us at um, the Green Zone Radio at gmail dot com. So I want to thank Mr. Dennis Agapito for jumping uh, on, uh, stable in the ship, uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back. We're going to be bringing the show. F- on a um, Monday every week after the game to give our, um, you know, recap of hopefully plenty more, you know, jet victories uh, as we, you know, stride to make the playoffs, fingers crossed. So, for Julian Carter, Dennis Agapito, we will see you next week. Go Jets!